Coming up next on MLR Weekly, Miami Shark CEO Mariano Filippini. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News has his heart broken by a major league rugby development and something in the Rugby World Cup. And John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning with MLR News and whatnot. Rugby Wrap-Ups MLR Weekly brought to you by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, New York City. The world's best rugby pub. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Presented by Rugby Wrap-Up, Matt McCarthy in New York City. And we have a great show for you this week. We have the CEO of the Miami Sharks, the expansion Miami Sharks, Mr. Mariano Filippini. We have Brian Ray of America's Rugby News with a broken heart. But before we get to any of that, we have our recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick. John, welcome back to the program. How are you? What do you got? Hey, Matt. I feel great to be back. Hey. Before we begin, I'm going to go back and revisit the conversation that you had with New York GM Steve Lewis last week because he revealed some stuff about the MLR schedule for the 2024 season that I don't think, I think a lot of people may have overlooked. What's going on there? There's that shift in the schedule where it's it's either two or three weeks later than it normally has been, and it's going to start in March, and they'll take, a, they'll take time out for the internationals that will be played including the Eagles, of course. Oh, and Brian yeah. Ray will also be addressing how it will interrupt the playoffs. Playoffs? Yes, the playoffs. That's interesting. That's an interesting development. Um, I'm excited to hear what Brian Ray has to say all about that because that's, that's pretty big news. Next! Hey, let's move on to some player news. The Chicago Hounds, they have announced that they have re-signed winger Julian Dominguez. So he's coming back. For the 2024 MLR season, he'll you know play with Bryce Campbell again and Billy Meek, so kind of retooling, reloading there in Chicago. Yeah, maybe a little continuity in that back line, and it was a vastly disappointing season for them because on paper that was a good franchise, and now it looks like they're keeping some of those key components, and those guys are hungry to come back. Good signings, well done, Hounds. Next. To the Toronto Arrows, they've announced that flanker James O'Neill will be returning for the 2024 MLR season. And on the coaching front, they've appointed Jamie Cudmore to a full-time coaching role for the Arrows. It's not a head coaching position. No news on that yet, but perhaps Brian Ray in the conversation will give us some 411 on that. Yes, they've had some movement or, or shakeups or what have you uh, in the coaching uh, capacities there in Toronto. Uh, and we'll keep our eye on that, and we'll ask Mr. Ray, who knows all things Canada, in the next segment. Next! Let's move down to Canada of the South, New England, where the Free Jacks announced that head coach Scott Matthew will be returning to defend his title. There was some speculation, potentially, that you know after winning the MLR Shield last year, he might move on somewhere else, but he is coming back. So, New England, he can uh, reclaim their title in the 2024 MLR season. Yeah, for those of you wondering why it would even be a question that Coach Matthew would come back, there are two reasons that one could quote uh, right off the top. And one is, okay, A, will you ever be able to win it again? And B, 
you're probably getting some money offers uh, from making uh, being a championship coach. So I'm glad to see he's back with New England uh, and give him another shot at uh, winning another title. He's a good guy. Next! Well, I'll tell you what. They are going to get the run for their money from Old Glory DC. They have made another big announcement. They have signed USA Cap Eagle Tommaso Boni. You may remember him from Italy. He is now joining Old Glory DC. Matt McCarthy, what is going on down in the Potomac? Tommaso Roni. Aroni. Aroni. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I like what DC's doing down there. They got that sniff, that taste of the postseason, and they want to go back. They are not messing around. Old Glory DC. It's easy at sheets.com. Next. I mean, you got to end on that. That was brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. I've been I've been particularly snide and snarky today, but we ended that on a happy upbeat note. Uh, that's all you got for us, John. Thank you once again for being concise and on time. Can I just say one thing, Matt? Yeah. And this is a heartfelt thank you from myself and others in the rugby community. Over the last month, you have provided world-class entertainment value around the Rugby World Cup. You've traveled to France. You're reporting from New York. You can see the stress that it's causing you. You've lost your hair, but kudos to you, man. You're still delivering top-notch rugby entertainment. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes my eyes cross on camera, too, so that's a problem. All right, John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Mornings Coffee Break segment here on MLR Weekly. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Mariano Filipino of the Miami Sharks just after this. Digs like a demented mole there. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. You need your cleats? You need them tomorrow? If you order today by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time, they can have them to you tomorrow. Young, old, male, female, if you're playing on turf, if you're playing on grass, if you're playing in the rain, you're playing in the heat, they've got you covered. RugbyNow.com. Go there now. And we're back, and we're back with Mr. Mariano Filippini. This is the CEO of the Miami Sharks, and we, we're glad to have you on MLR Weekly, Mariano. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for inviting me. You're wearing a lot. You're wearing that hat, but figuratively, you wear a lot of hats because you've got to do a lot of stuff. In particular, you know, setting up something for the ground um, is, is intense. It's fun. And uh, I, I would say one of the most challenging things i ever done, but... Uh, it's it's very very interesting um and i wouldn't i wouldn't change for for what it's worth yeah so so i think the most challenging piece that i still am working on is i want to make sure that our players have the medical you know support that we need so i think that is very challenging in the sense that um to fully understand what player players need and to hear from other gms what what are the things that normally happen throughout the league making sure that we have everything that's required and to support our players it's challenging and i wish i could tell you i have already you know uh, already everything set up to do so but i don't so i would definitely say that is the most challenging piece and the piece that surprised me the most is so many people are approaching just because they love the sport just because they like it and i would have said so that so many folks in Florida and Miami 
enjoy about the sport. We did a series of camps. Uh, we started a series of camps like um, uh, on September. You wouldn't imagine how many people approached us, wanted to help, wanted to volunteer, wanting to, you know, in 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 little things, not that little things, important, significant things as well. So you started this thing from scratch, which it could not have been easy. And you're mentioning that the health thing, are you, are you talking about workers comp? Because that's basically what this is all about. Workers compensation with the health. It, yeah. So it, it definitely has to do with workers comp. It also has to do with, with, you know, fighting a, a partner, a medical provider partner that is that understand the sports, that understand the needs of, of our players. And that is, you know, that has experience in, in the sport that we practice. We all know that, you know, therapist that has experience with rugby or an ATC that has experience with rugby is not the same as, as one that hasn't. So that's, uh, that's a little bit challenging to find. Tell us about the coach, general manager. What do you got going on? Jose Pelicena, he has a great amount of experience. He's an amazing coach. He has more than 15 years of experience in growing rugby back in Argentina in a national level. We, I haven't announced yet on the full roster, but what I can say is that we're getting closer and closer to the 34, 35 roster of players. Excellent. We have, yeah, um, we're building a team, I have to say. You know, I'm, I'm proud of it. I know that, you know, they need to meet, and this, are, this is going to be our first season, and let's see how things work. But we 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 feel good about the team that we're building and the roster that that is coming together. What are your expectations on the pitch? Do you want to compete for a playoff spot? Do you want to compete for the shield? The major thing that we're competing against is versus ourselves. So we want to make sure that the players have the best conditions to perform as well as they can. If we end up in playoffs, that we're hoping that we are, is would be a consequence of how the team is getting built. Um, so I didn't tell you, but I'm also good like at avoiding answers, as you can see. Um, well, every but, good but, executive is. Yeah, but but that's how actually how we think about it for real. How about your expectations off the pitch, fan wise? Fan wise, look, if I have to put it, oh, we have several discussions in, and we actually discuss about this internally every week. Um, what? The first thing that we're hoping to build is create a huge sense of identity from all of the rugby community that currently is in Florida. So there's a bunch of different clubs. There's a bunch of universities. There's a bunch of academies. But we want to make sure that is that every single institution and union that is out there in Florida feels identified with our values and what we're about in, in rugby. You've got some buzz going on about your venue. Tell us about the venue. We finally got into a partnership with Inter Miami. We think it's um, we think it's a very good partnership that and and we the way we thought about it is number one, how how we can make sure to leverage the the sports hotspot that is Miami right now. So we definitely thought that by partnering with Inter Miami, that also has a very strong southern cone of Latin connection, as we are, would be smart. So it's no secret that in Miami is full of Hispanics. And from all of the Hispanics, probably the ones that have the most rugby 
The biggest rugby fandom is in the Southern Cone, talking about Chile, Argentina, Uruguay, Paraguay. Sure. So, and Inter Miami also has kind of that kind of fandom and kind of that connection, of course, with Messi, of course, with Tata Martino, of course, but those are the folks that we're targeting to at the beginning. So we, we thought it in that way, not only as a, a very good place that would attract players to come and decide on, you know, coming for the first season of our history and deciding on us, that's a big bet to do. Yeah. We also thought about how we can call the attention of folks that, that are interested in rugby. So that, that's the two kind of big drivers that made us decide on, on Inter Miami. Some people say that the league should be helping to build the national team in direct fashion by having the majority of the players on the pitch, American players. What do you think about that? Um, at, at a high level, I do think that the league needs to have the national team, that's for sure. I'm really hoping, knowing that the World Cup is coming in 2031, I think that the U.S. needs to be in the World Cup in the next one. like, And, and that should be a priority as well for the league. That's a good answer. And, you know, that it was a tough question to ask. And it was just, I'm not one of those people that thinks that you have to have all these American players on the team because the Eagles pool will increase exponentially. And it has. It just hasn't translated into wins, but the amount of players getting exposure to good players can only make the teams better. And even if you only have three American guys or, you know, United States guys starting in the lineup, you've, you've got 13 teams or whatever. You've got 12, 13, 14 teams. You multiply that by that amount and you've increased the Eagles pool. Like it's never been. I look at it that way, you know, and I I also say that the market will dictate, right. You know, fans want to go see, a good product and it's incumbent on us by the way to make these players identifiable and make them into stars and i think we can do a lot better job with that going forward you know have a kid totally know what, know who's number seven so he buys his jersey right that kind of totally, thing. totally agree with you totally agree with you please feel free to come and watch to come and see a watch a game to the to miami sharks we're starting on march 2nd it's going to be the opening I would love to have you, Matt, whenever we play against New York um, in, in our stadium. I think we're going to have a blast. Thank you, Mr. Mariano Filippini of the Miami Sharks. Thanks for coming on. All right, we'll be right back with Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News after this. I wouldn't like to be at the bottom of that. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? With the one, the only, Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, a.k.a. Ray's Rugby, on Twitter or slash X. 
just to make it more difficult to find him and share him when you only have a certain amount of characters. Brian, welcome back to MLR Weekly. Well, it's a thrill to be here, Mr. McCarthy. Brian, I think I know why you're not your jovial self today, and that's because there are no MLR players left in the Rugby World Cup. Well, that's not entirely true. If we recall, there is actually a bronze game to be played. Maybe not as many people watch it, but, you know, some us. Are we really going to count that? Valley, you know, is going to be playing that one. I hear this Nicolas Sanchez probably going to the same place. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's still a couple MLR players in there. You're hinting, of course, at the Miami Sharks. Yeah, they're going to have a couple of these uh, Pumas fellas running the show for them next season. It's going to well, be fun. Well, let's put that on the burner for the time being, because I want to get back to, are we really even going to concern ourselves about the third place match in the Rugby World Cup? Well, it's the only America's game left, so really, why even bother to watch the final at this stage? Is that even important? Come on. Okay, but let me ask you this. Why do they play this, and why does it matter? That's a fair question. <laughs> That's a fair question. And, it, you know, if you look historically at the bronze game, it, uh, often those teams change dramatically from the, the ones that play in the semifinals. It ends up being uh, whoever's left standing in the squad, basically. So uh, I think it's a fair question why it's being played. I think the answer to that is dollar bills, and that's about it. Because it has to absolutely infuriate the owner's of the Gallagher Premiership teams in England. Yeah, I'm sure they're not uh, <laughs> too pleased that their England guys are going to go out there and potentially get injured in a game that nobody will remember <laughs> after this weekend. So it, it feels almost like this Wales versus Barbarians fixture that's been organized that's coming up. Like, do we really need that right away? Uh, and I, I, I'm not sure they do. They're doing it for the same reason. They need some dollar bills. Well, then you got to ask the owners of the URC if they want to let their Wales, Welsh players go again I mean, mm. or whomever is playing on that other side. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and, you know, the premiership is going into their third weekend and the top 14 is kicking off this weekend. The URC is going into its second weekend. Did anybody know? It would be nice if everybody would just kind of sit down and, and make some, you know, for the good of the game, kind of take some breaks and then work. On the, I, I get it. Not every, you know, obviously we're talking about a small number of players in those, uh, you know, comparatively speaking, but you know, they're the big name players that, that are they're they're the best players there, on right? their clubs. And, and, and one of the traditional complaints, particularly about the URC is that those uh, international players don't, you know, line up for their, their teams enough. So yeah, I, you know, but this gets back to the whole global calendar and how crazy it is to actually try and organize it, uh, you know, which I hear it might be stretching into the whole, uh, you know, major league rugby pretty soon. Oh boy, here we go. But you know what? At least we get to still talk RWC and MLR in the same sentence because of Kubeli and Sanchez. So well, well done, Brian. Well, but well done to get us both aggravated talking about the third place match. Uh, that said, uh, I, you're a little bit more aggravated about something else on the home front here in Major League Rugby, and that's the schedule. It sounds like it's uh, getting pushed back later in the year. Uh, Three weeks. That's frustrating. Um, you know, if there was no clash with international rugby, not really a big deal. But if there is a clash with, with international rugby and you literally have to shut the league down for any point of time for any 
weeks whatsoever. I mean, look, I mean, if you have a week between the semifinal and the final because you want to give people extra time to book their travel to, you know, to get to wherever that venue is kind of thing, um, that's one thing. But, you know, if, if the league's doing this, you know, already set final anyways, I, I don't really see the point of that. But if you're shutting down, like, for a couple weeks uh, during the play, especially during the playoffs, you know, just to accommodate... Uh, it, you know these internationals because you're pushing the start of the season later. Does that sound like a good decision to anybody? Whoever made that decision, really dumb, really dumb. How well, to shut down the momentum of a season? Uh, one oh one. What are you thinking? Colossal mistake. I can. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and I think the thinking is that we are supporting the national teams of the U.S. U.S. and A. and O Canada. Yeah, supporting the national teams would be starting the season two weeks earlier, so this isn't even an issue. I, I get it. Uh, it's cold in the north. <laughs> I live up there. It's cold all the time, right? Uh, I, I that's understand. That's a big that. reason here. That's a big reason. Some it's, of the cold weather teams would rather have some more warm weather home games. It, it's tough for Toronto. It's tough for Boston. You know, it, it, I mean, I, I get it. New York. It ain't easy for Utah. It ain't easy for Seattle, even sometimes. And But look at the two, you know, we're bringing in Miami this year. Put a couple more of their games at the beginning. Like this is a problem. It's going to be a problem. But to me, putting a, a a big, you know, stopping the season for a couple weeks and going. We saw how it worked in Super Rugby. It didn't. Uh, the momentum was totally lost. It was a disaster. Uh, you well, know. You also saw the NHL when they had the what with the World World uh, World Hockey Cup or whatever you want to call it, and they shut down the NHL for like five weeks that one time. And then they said, all right, screw it. We're not doing that again. The whole point of this was to have separation. It was to have, you have your domestic season, you have your internationals. They're completely separate. I mean, that's the whole point of the whole, you know, uh, global, the talks about having a global season, whatever. And it seemed like MLR was kind of standing on its own as, hey, this is how to do it. You run your season, season's over. Best players move on, they earn their selection and, and they play, then you have your international season. Sounds great. I don't know why on earth you would want to move away from that. You know, we had the disruptions before with players missing top players, pulling out and missing games. That didn't work. They saw it didn't work. They moved away from it. Thankfully, I don't know why you would do this for a couple weeks. Like, come on, guys. It well, you know what? I'm going to put this right back on you. You really freezing cold teams need to build domes. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. Get some heated yeah, fields no, like that, and yeah, place That's a reality wrestling. on the money that we're dealing with right now. No, that ain't a reality, folks. So don't even start agreeing with me. That was, I was being silly. I was being facetious. Well, no, look, I, I deal with it. Like, it's it, it's not ideal, but that's the climate. There's you nothing you can do about it, right? But like, you can't keep marching out the Arrows eight games on the road. I mean, if you interview the common Arrows fan on the street and say – would you rather a week or two break during the playoffs and starting your season three weeks later so that you get a couple of more home games thrown in earlier than later? What would they say? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I just think it's a massive disruption. I, I am not in favor of it. Maybe we just 
aren't shouldn't be beholden to these international windows. I mean, I guess that's a problem with the opposition. Maybe that's the issue here. But like something has to be worked out here. If this is the only answer that MLR can come up with, if we have to start it later in the season, then some negotiations have to be taken at the top at international level and say, look, this is how we're doing our season. This is when we want to play our internationals. Why is that an issue? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it this is not, a, a, to me, this is not a solution for MLR and I don't think it's going to pay off. I, I've, I've had some time to think about this and I understand they're damned if they do and the damned if they don't aspect of this thing, because you want to say that you're supporting the league, the league is supporting team USA. Um, You want to get warm weather games for some of these cold weather teams that have taken it on the chin. All these seasons we're in season seven after all. Um, I'm, I'm surprised to hear the Canadian, the, the guy, well, you're just used to living in the cold. You don't get, you don't care. What do you care? Man, they made this this stuff for breakfast. You eat frozen stuff for breakfast. Remember the game that they made the arrows play in Glendale? Like, yeah, in the blizzard. I mean, just ridiculous, right? I go the other way. I say, okay, do it like, you know, Green Bay plays, and then you can play in Miami the next week. I said, you play the games, it doesn't matter. You play outside, fans will adjust, the players will adjust. The problem is, I was told, the money isn't there to continually clear the fields, nor is it there for them for training purposes. So, you know, we're not at that level yet where, you know, we have the, okay, clear the field overnight thing or have a heated field with coils under it. I mean, again, it's I'm blaming it all on you. Uh, <laughs> I'll take whatever yeah. if you want to blame it on me, but I just uh, I'm not in favor of, of of any kind, especially in the playoffs. Stopping momentum like that, I just think that's a bad bad decision. You know, if, if this is kind of a one and done, like hey, we have to do this this year. Next year, we're going to find a better solution. Imagine you're this playoff team and your players go and play for you know one of these teams, USA, Canada, whoever, and then they get injured and instead of being fit to play in this final. I mean, well, that's always a part of the test window. I mean, look, again, look at the premiership <laughs> owners right now with this effing third place match. I, I have with less Farrell sympathy. And, Atoje and Jamie I, George and all these guys, are they going to play in this for Saracens? I, I have less sympathy with uh, the European clubs who've traditionally had seasons way too long, but uh, that's another, that's another discussion. Well, the, the French <laughs> delayed the kickoff of their season until this coming weekend, which is, they, they kind of um, had to, <laughs> to be fair. Why? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Some tournaments going on. Thing going on or clogging up the subway. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Can you leave us on a happy note for God's sake? Something happy. Come on. <sighs> I'm depressed at this news. I'm hearing at uh, I'm hanging out here in Seattle. I hear there's a pretty pretty uh, well known player, shall we say, heading there. That's just a rumor. Sounds like uh, you know there's some beef maybe heading in their direction. I, I'm it sounds like a, a prop. Teams. It sounds like a prop. He sounds like a few teams have been shopping for 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 big angry second rows out there. So we might see some oh, interesting some row. characters around. Is that. it a Barrett? Is it a yeah. Barrett? <laughs> are the ba- all three Barretts are playing yeah. for the Seawolves. Sam Whitelock, Brody Retallick, they're all going there. Um, hey, I, I, it just sounds like, in, in general, the standard of, of just about every team is going up, as it should. I can argue with myself till I'm blue in the face about this scheduling thing. I think what we need to do is be creative and fill that gap 
during that break with something MLR-ish, maybe a hybrid sevens competition. I don't know, something to keep fans engaged in the MLR while they're down for the national team's sake. Thank you. All right. Well, on that note, I want to thank Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, Mr. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning, the CEO of the Miami Sharks, Mr. Mariano Filippini, and thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including the critically acclaimed The Rugby Odds, the college rugby wrap-up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Please join our weekly newsletter and tell your mates about us. And if you can, join our American Red Cross blood donor team.